Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from lead pastor Jamie Miller. How's everybody doing? Man, I'm just so thankful for Sandy Hennup and years and years of relationship. Uh, we all go way back, uh, many, many years now, and just it's great to live life together and to pursue the mission of God together and to make a difference. I mean, it's good. I just, you, I don't know where she's sitting right there. Just ever so often, we need to just, Sandy needs to come and tell us stories about what's happening because it's, it really encourages the body that we get to be a part of what is happening in uh, making a difference in the justice realm of Fort Worth. It's just it's righteousness and justice joining together that is um, really the foundation of what the Lord's doing. He's making things right. Um, if you would, open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4. Um, I've gotten some great encouragement just as we're working our way through, through the series um, one of the cool ones was somebody this morning gave me a picture they'd drawn in their journal, and uh, it's of a guy, I think it's me, and uh, it's got four Mesa Boogie 412 cabinets with two, <laughs> with two 100-watt heads on it, and, uh, and he said, you know, I was just thinking about that, and you know, like, like that's, that's really, really loud, and it just hit me like, that's power. That's what you were trying to say. That's power, the power of God that's at work within us. I'm going to keep that. I treasure that. Yes. So I'm a, I'm a words guy. I'm a, uh, what are those five love languages? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm meaningful touch. And if you're awkward about, t- just kind of walk up, just touch my shoulder or something. And I'll get, that'll be meaningful to me. But second is words of affirmation. Like, hey, how'd it go? Are we good? All right. Awesome. The downside of that is probably insecurity, but like, like, a, like a puppy. You love me? You love me? Just kidding. Hey, y'all stand up. I want to read from Ephesians before we get started. I'm going to read the passage, and here's what I want you to do. Just as we're going through this, look for a word that the Lord highlights Is he highlighting something for you personally, just for where you're at, or something that he might be calling you into as we go through this passage together? So Lord, we ask that you'd bless the reading of your word today. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you've received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, and just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. But to each of us, each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it, That's why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and he gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. 
So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by, by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, we will, instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow up to become in every respect the mature body of him who is head, the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. This is the word of God. Amen. Y'all have a seat. Amen. So we're taking another step today in the unfolding of this wonderful, marvelous plan of God that he has to bring everything in heaven and on earth together under Christ, to bring us into the very fellowship of the triune and relational God of love. Isn't that great news? Like he's bringing, he's adopting us, bringing us in to all of that wonderful fellowship and love and life that God enjoyed in persons in relationship from before the creation of the world. Wow. And we get in on that. It's a just, it's, it's so awesome. So what we're talking about today is growing up together taking another little step in this journey through Ephesians and looking at growing up, and specifically that we are called to be unified and we are called to grow to maturity. So we're growing up together. Um, We say it a lot, get a good look at me, get a good look at the church together because we're not the same as we used to be. We're growing up and maturing into the image of Christ. And so, you know, there's it's just so important that we have a really high view of the church together because God does. He, Jesus loves the church. That's what he's focused on. That's the focal point of the reign of God under his headship is the body, the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ together and we're trying to follow Jesus. We're trying to live under his lordship, under his headship. And so we pray. How many prayers? We pray thousands and thousands of prayers down through the years. Lord Jesus, you are the head of the church. Lead us. Lead us, and it's about him leading us, and that's our common desire. If you didn't know this, that is our common desire. May it be your common desire. It's, it's our desire as, as leaders and servants in the church. We want to follow Jesus. It's about him. He's the center. He's the bullseye. He's the target that we're going for. But the context for living that out is together. It's together. It's on Sundays. You know, what happens here is so awesome, you know, but but it's also dependent on what happens in life group. You know, there is life here on Sundays, not just because we're a bunch of random people that are gathering in this place, in this space, but there's life here because there's life in those life groups. There's life here because we're in each other's lives, actually talking things out and living life out and praying for one another and sharing our hurts and struggles with vulnerability. And so so it's, it's it's a both and thing. The life groups feed the Sunday morning. And the Sunday morning feeds the life group. In fact, for all these years, 28 years almost now in January, it'll be 28. And um, just on that, by the way, I just, I was so thankful for the church. I just, I drive up Sunday after Sunday, just, Lord, thank you, I get to do this. Thank you that we get to do this. And we've been praying that with our kids, driving across that dam, 
I'm not, not, not upset. Uh, where the church was first located, you had to drive across a dam. That's like, Dad, if you're listening, that's a joke for you. They lived on Smith Lake Dam Road in, uh, in Alabama, and he would just, he'd just take every opportunity he could. Like, you know, we live over there on Smith Lake Dam Road, you know, so I love my dad. Uh, wow, where am I at? <laughs> but all those times of saying, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, just driving, so just feeling free, like there's no stop signs in front of us. We could just follow Jesus, man, and... So anyway, I, for some reason this morning I got my phone out and add, it multiplied 52 times 28, and it's 1,456. So somewhere, I, I don't know that we've prayed it exactly that many times, but we've prayed it a lot of those times. That's how many times we've been meeting on Sundays since we started, and just thankful. And I, I just even on the life group feeding what happens, so we take what happens here on Sundays, and then we work that word out in our life groups. What's the state of your heart? How are you doing with this? What's the Lord showing you? What, maybe what are some next steps and how can we pray for each other? So that's, that we take this and it gets worked out there. And, and even with college, I think, you know, the last few years we've been doing it. It's like, you wanna go deep in God? Then work out God's word with a bunch of other people. That's how real theology gets done. It's not on an island in an ivory tower somewhere. It gets worked out life on life. That's... That's the deal. So we go to life group the other night, and uh, man, it was fun. It, it was fun. Right, just go into the house, and there's laughter, and there's hugs. And we don't do a sit, we do, every now and then we'll do a sit-down meal, but, but just there's some snacks there, and you're standing around the table, and you're eating a little bit and laughing. And then we come in, and we sit down together, and there's a little bit of vision that happens about what's, what's coming up for the life group. But then we uh, get up and we go, we worship together and sing in songs. We got a little gospel choir kind of folks right now. I was like, man, there's some great harmonies in this room. This is beautiful, you know? And then we sit back down and somebody kind of leads out in a discussion about the word. And uh, this particular, uh, this past week, somebody that was leading said, you know, I had actually studied Ephesians 3, 14 to 21, I'd looked at it in depth and I realized that there are three main points that could be pulled out of that passage and said that with, you know, he's smiling. I'm trying not to look at him. <laughs> and uh, he said, but then Jamie, you got up there and started preaching and it was like clowns coming out of the van at the circus. They just kept coming out, you know, just more points and more points coming out. And uh, man, we just had a had a blast. There was somebody was then sharing about how at their school with other teachers, they're starting to pray this prayer and pray it into their school. Isn't that awesome? Somebody else shared about uh, doing communion with lots of different kinds of people from different backgrounds and how the unity they felt as they shared communion together. And then somebody else shared this piece, and I had never seen this before. Uh, for this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. And the point he was making was like every family in heaven now, the great cloud of witnesses, now that we are joining together with that cloud of witnesses and together we are under the Father. And it was just like, wow, that's mind-blowing. All the saints of history Joining together, I get out my journal, I'm writing down real fast. I was like, wow, that's incredible. And then finally we get around to the last person. He goes, I, don't, I just don't even have that much to share. I'm just looking at the beauty of Jesus Christ 
and all of you, and I'm just blown away and encouraged. And so then we broke up and men and women and prayed for each other and our struggles and stuff and came back together and laughed a little bit more, hugged each other and left. Life group. Okay, that's, and it was just, and I can't put it into English how much it actually touched our hearts, how encouraged we were, how, how life-giving that is. So uh, I'd gotten some, uh, every now and then, once a quarter, I think, I get some numbers uh, from just what's happening in life groups. And just so you know, there's a lot more people in life groups right now than are able to come on Sunday mornings. Isn't that interesting? And we're cell church, so it's, it's always been 80, 90%. You know, high emphasis on the house. But right now, it's more able to do life group than Sundays. But it's both. I'm just saying, I'm doing a commercial here for, this is the church together. The two wings of the bird. Sunday morning, that's not a good picture, is it? And life groups. I'll do the, it's the two wings of a jet. That's better. Okay. Amen. So together... We are one new humanity, the body of Christ, and we are growing up together. And I just want to say right here at the beginning, it's going to take imagination. It's going to take a renewed, creative imagination. One of the things that makes us interesting and unique as humans is that we can imagine things that aren't as though they actually exist. Now, when we start believing deceptive lies, that's the downside of an imagination is that you can actually believe a lie as if it's true. You know, but the cool thing is we can get God's vision, the vision of Jesus, and believe these things. Even though we're broken, even though we stumble and fall, God wants us to have an imagination that sees us living in unity, growing up together, sharing space even together with people that just we would not otherwise be with if it weren't for Jesus Christ, the body of Christ. It's gonna take encouragement, It's gonna take the power of God in our midst to do it. You know, last week it was father and family, and this week it's the body of Christ. Now, the passage starts, verse one, as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you've received. Now, I've shared this before, but I wanna hit this word again here, worthy. It's the word in Greek, axios, axios. And it's where we get, like the English word axiom, like something that's really true, a proverbial kind of statement that stands the test of time. But it also stands for the fulcrum, the balance point, the worthiness is the balance point between the calling that we've received and living a life that goes with that calling. And so we're, we're balancing out the calling with the living. Live a life worthy of the calling that you've received. And here's the thing we have to keep reminding ourselves about in Ephesians over and over again is that it's not just about me personally. It's not just about me balancing out the calling I received with the living personally. It's about us together. It's about us living out a vision, living out a worthy life together that balances this incredible calling that we have together as a church. Does that make sense? And so even the axios word, it stands the test of time to live a life worthy together in a way that stands the test of time, that is faithful over time, that endures over time, that perseveres over time, that when we blow it, we keep coming back. We, we fall in a ditch and we don't just stay there and roll over. We, we get up 
and we come back to the Lord, and he's just there going, come on, son, come on, daughter, turn to me, let's, let's go, here we go, here we go. It's always, it's always a new day with him. And that's the grace of God at work in our midst, living in such a way that stands the test of time to live this thing out and grow up together. So here's the main thing. God wants us to see ourselves, to imagine, to see ourselves as the body of Christ growing up together to look more and more like Jesus. Sound solid? Yeah? Amen. I, I, I agree. So growing up together means we, a couple things here, I'm just breaking it down into two parts, but the first one, it, it, growing up together means we live in unity. So verse three, verse 13, uh, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. And verse 13, so we're, until we all reach unity in the faith and knowledge of the son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So we, there's a tension here, we'll talk about it, but it's we keep unity that we've been given because we are born again, the Holy Spirit's in us, and so there's a unity that we've all been given. We share life together, right? But then there's also unity that we, we press on into, that we haven't fully experienced, that we haven't uh, heard each other's stories enough, and so we, we, we move forward into that unity. Does that make sense? So we, there's, we keep it, but we're also pressing forward. It's kind of like the now and not yet of the kingdom. We've been given something, it's real, but we have to walk it out. That's what's, that's what's going on there. And the first thing for walking it out is, verse two, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Man, we could just do a series right there. Uh, that, I mean, Wow. Be completely humble and gentle. So humility is one of the trademarks of Jesus Christ, right? He's, he's humble. He takes the nature of a servant, completely humble, doesn't grasp onto his divinity, but lets himself be formed as a man. And in that kind of humility, goes to the cross for us, fully God. Just, he did not use his prerogative as God, but he lived as a human, just to clarify that. So, so we, we want to be completely humble and gentle in the way that we, in fact, gentle, gentle is the way Jesus Christ actually describes himself, you know? And so I'll just go there, read this one real quick. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, and uh, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so the context of that verse, though, about coming to Jesus, you know, he's gentle and all that, it, the context is, first of all, he's talking about becoming like little children, and then he goes on to, to say, I'm the one who reveals the triune God of grace. No one's ever seen the Father but the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. And then the next verse is, come to me. And this is the way I am. I'm humble and gentle in heart. And that's just a, that's a great word. Kim sent me a kind of a scholarly article this past week from uh, a scholar at Baylor uh, uh, University 
and he was writing about the vanishing ethic of gentleness. And so what he did was he went back, there's a, there's a, a rising virtue ethic kind of thing happening, and, but it's not necessarily based on the Bible. And so he did a study for the last three decades uh, and found 60 primary virtues that are talked about over the last three decades, and gentleness is not on the list now. Like, gentleness wasn't on any list of virtue ethic. Isn't that wild? I, just like, okay, so in our, just with us, we want to be like Jesus. He's gentle. Gentleness, one of the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So, um, yeah, th- that's just, that's huge. We can't reap gentleness if we're not sowing gentleness. And I just, I've been thinking about that, like, well, wow, look at what's going on in our world and culture. Gentleness is off the table now as a virtue, and people aren't even trying to do that. And so we, as the people of God, want to grab a hold of this virtue, of this value, of this fruit of the Spirit, of this command for us. Like, he's, he's, he's saying, don't just think about it. Be humble, be gentle, be patient, and bear with one another in love. And then he goes on in verse three, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit. So here it is, that's the, you've been given something, hold on to it, keep it. We're one new humanity. That's the indicative truth of what God has done for us in Jesus Christ. That's the truth. Make every effort to keep that which you've been given. And it's the same with unity. Main, I, I got a, somebody texted me on Friday and, uh, and, and they said, they were reading this passage and said, felt like the Lord said, maintaining the unity of the Spirit does not happen accidentally. And I thought, man, that's good. You know, we want to be intentional about, and not be flippant or casual about what God's given us in Christ. I mean, can we just look around? Just, I know it's awkward when we do this. Just look around, put a smile, everybody smile, smile at somebody. (laughs) Yeah, you guys are awesome. Smile at somebody. We've been given unity through the bond of peace We've been given unity in the spirit and we want to make every effort to keep that. And, and even when, uh, you know, when you get cranky, you get in your flesh, anybody? Several, several of you guys. You get cranky, get maybe judgmental. I, I, I know I'm in a bad place when I start getting cynical. I, like I just don't go there. You know, like it's a, that's, a, that's not a good place for me. You know, it's like, Lord, help me, help us. Just I, let's keep going together. Keep turning toward, we turn toward one another. All right, so he goes on there, and then there's the seven ones. One body, one spirit. By the spirit, we are animated. We're given life. We're given newness and refreshing. One body, one spirit, one hope. We've got a hope together of things being made right Remember what I said last week, history belongs to the hope bringers. Lord, fill us up with hope. I mean, I just, even today, I wanna end with, let's, hope. You know, just, we, we need hope. We need hope every single week right now in this season of our lives. We, we need hope. I need hope. I need hope. I need that, that encouragement. One body, one spirit, one hope, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, Right, so the baptism, we said this at the beginning of the year, 
but I want to say it again. We want to be people that remember our baptism because we remember that we died to ourselves and are made alive in Christ. We have a new identity. We have a new, uh, we have a new allegiance. That's the way to say that. We have, a new, we have a new Lord. We have a new king. We were in a different kingdom, but now we've been baptized into a whole nother kingdom. It's like sometimes I think we can minimize baptism because we're trying to emphasize faith, but don't miss out on what God wants to show us and keep revealing to us about our baptism. We're a baptized people. Our allegiance is first to Jesus, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father. Again, another triad who is over all and through all and in all. So triad, triad, triad. Again, just this is a powerful way and ultimately seven. Like it's complete, it's full. God wants us walking this way together. And yet we walk in the tension of verse 13 until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Until we reach unity, we're at the same time, we're growing into it. And um, just I, I've been encouraged down through the years. When I look at verse 13, there's a lot of places in Scripture where the Greek word is translated in, but it, it's the same word for of. So unity in the faith and in the knowledge, like what does that mean? We all have to think exactly alike. I know we got differences in the room, right? We may be coming at it from different angles and stuff. So one thing that's really helped me is that that can also be translated until we all reach unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, which actually puts it kind of the, 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 the emphasis back on the Spirit that we've been given who is revealing the mind of Christ to us. He's revealing the way of Jesus to us. He's revealing the faithfulness of Jesus to us, in us, and through us. And so, until we all reach unity of the faith, put the NRSV version, there's actually, a, I know, at least one translation here that translates it that way. Until all of us come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to maturity, to the measure of the full stature of Christ. So we're growing up and it's his life that's his faith, his knowledge. And doesn't it make sense because we're his body that his headship would be flowing to us and through us as the body? So I, I like that. And it helps us to see, okay, wow, there's just times where I just need to breathe and just not get so worked up. I need to breathe and be a peacemaker in the midst of the body. And be the, uh, this, the, Yancey got me praying this years ago. Oh, Lord, I want to be a non-anxious presence because we're a whole, you guys. And whenever different pockets of us experience anxiety, it spreads. Uh, oh, no. Uh, and, and it spreads over here. And then we're like, uh, you know, and that's just, that's normal. That's what happens in families. But what we want to do then is be peacemakers. You know, that's the, we're children of God when we're, making peace like that. They will be called children of God. Now, all of this to say, unity for us, you guys know this, is a value for us as a church. Um, I had some great mentors in walking in unity. Uh, dear brother, is with the Lord, died at 96 a few years ago, Dr. Leroy Garrett. 
And uh, I came out of the Churches of Christ, and he was a great proponent for unity, which oddly, depending on what you know about the Churches of Christ, uh, the Churches of Christ, it started as a unity movement between Baptists and Charismatic Presbyterians at Cane Ridge. They came together, Alexander Campbell, Barton W. Stone, and it was a unity movement. Let Christian unity be our polar star. We're not the only Christians, but we are just Christians. Let's just be just Christians. I, I love all, when I, it, it, it wasn't until I got into ministry that I actually started discovering some of that. I'm like, man, these guys were cool. And then Leroy came into my life and, and helped me more. Don Fento is a dear father in the Lord to me, and I watched him. I would go spend time with him in Nashville and watch him bring pastors together from around the city and how he would speak life, speak blessing to these different guys. And so we're, I'm just saying, let's, let's walk in that. Let's walk in that, that kind of heart for unity together. The, the next piece then, we're growing up, growing up together means we grow in maturity. So verse 11, so in Christ, so Christ got, excuse me, so Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So what's going on here is, and I think even in the last 40 or 50 years, there's been a recovery of saying, yeah, like all those gifts that Jesus was giving, he's still giving. You know, he hasn't stopped giving apostolic gifting, which is that border crossing, foundation laying, getting new churches started with the power of God. That stuff's still happening. But it started being recovered about 40 or 50 years ago in a dramatic way, the apostolic and the prophetic ministries. And since that time, you've seen church planting skyrocket on the J-curve. It's not rocket science to think, oh, th these giftings are being empowered in the church and recognized in the church. And whoa, look at what all's happening as there's a greater, fuller expression of these ministry giftings that aren't just for the ministry of doing the stuff, but of equipping the church to be released, this wild family, army, building, bride, body, being equipped to, to go out and not just do stuff here, but go out and live it out in our spheres of, of life and ministry so that the body will function, doing works of service, you know? And I, I'm just gonna say, let's don't over-spiritualize this. You know, uh, just, do you wanna jump in? Jump in, serve. Do you find somebody to serve? I mean, there's, there's, whether from life groups to all kinds of volunteer things happening and ways that's being expressed through unbound or all, man, there's, there's stuff for us to do to be the empowered body of Christ growing to maturity. But that's the key, is that is our goal. We want to grow up to Christ, grow up to look like him. We're aiming toward maturity. That is the goal. And so I use this slide from time to time, but I want to throw it up again. Um, and how many of you guys like diagrams? It's, yeah, it's a small minority, but I'm pulling you in today. And so, so God's purpose. So imagine point A is the plan of God for humanity. It's from A to Z. But at B, what happens? The fall. That's right. So all the way down to C, 
And so God's redemptive story is redeeming humanity, forgiving humanity, drawing humanity back into relationship with himself. But check it out. Getting to point D, you know, receiving salvation, that's not the end of the journey, right? That just gets you back up on the road that God always intended for us to be growing to full stature, to maturity in Christ. That's God's purpose for our lives. It's not to stay at D, but to go on to E, whatever the other letters are. (laughs) Somebody sing the song. (laughs) That was weird. Uh, Okay. Um, So, yeah, we're pressing on. Uh, Serving. Pressing on. And, and here's what happens. When we start growing up together to maturity, then we're no longer infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching, by the craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. We're not just a target for that. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. In him, the whole body is joined together and held together by every supporting ligament and grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So there is this piece of of needing, I want to grow up and I want you to grow up. And I want our whole body to grow up and not be an infant church, but to grow up into maturity. You know, and so part of the deal about being an infant, what do infants take in for food? It's milk. And you remember in Hebrews, the writer wants the people to not just be dependent on milk, but to go on to solid food. Because milk is is food that's been digested by somebody else, while solid food is something you digest on your own. And so we want to be people that, that grow up and that mature and not just dependent, like, Here's the, here's the next little thing, you know, just from somebody else, but that we can read the scriptures and follow Jesus as the Lord and his king and have settled that. Like, no, Lord, we're gonna follow you. If we blow it, we're gonna keep coming back, you know, and we're gonna follow you as the head of the church. So then we will be the mature body. That's what he's calling us to. Every ligament, it's just a beautiful picture. Every ligament working, sinews, ACLs, you know, connected, not, you know, sorry. (laughs) But all the joints working and all the body parts working. I mean, just if you use your imagination, you can come up pretty quickly with with a graphic picture of a body that's not functioning right, of joints that aren't held together. I did this for Kim. I was like, every joint working. I was like, pop, pop, pop. All that's happening in my shoulder right now. It's grindy. (laughs) But it still works. Praise the Lord. (laughs) But we want to have all of our parts working and not just, you know, dragging along a, a leg that's atrophied because it doesn't get used. All of us using the, the part of the body that we are in order to build up the body. In the context of that, what is it? It's love. It's a context of love. Love is like the blood that flows in the body and that we're constantly bringing life to one another because we love each other. And it's not up for grabs do we love each other. We may not agree on everything, but we love each other. 
with agape love, willing to serve one another, even lay down our lives for one another. So that's the context of, of love. It's love flowing with a body here and now in this place, growing up together, and we haven't arrived, but God wants us waking up. We're gonna talk about that more next week, waking up. How many days of the year do you have to wake up? Every single one of them, right? So, so we're gonna we're gonna talk more about that. But even now, when we're talking about the body, think about us functioning, being alive and functioning. I heard a great story. I'm reading a book right now by John Tyson called Beautiful Resistance, and uh, he's telling the story of this guy named Jean Dominique Bobby. Anybody ever heard of him? He, he wrote. He, he was a he was the uh, editor of Elle magazine in Paris. France, great journalist, and one day, like in his 40, I think he's 43, he has a major stroke and goes into a coma for 20 days, and uh, basically when he wakes up 20 days later, it's called locked-in syndrome. His mind is lucid, he's perfectly fine in his mind, but he can't move anything in his body. Nothing can move at all except for he can blink his uh, right eye. He can blink one eye, and so... Over time, I don't know if it's his wife or somebody that's helping him, but he ends up writing his own memoir, like painstakingly writing his memoir. They would go through the alphabet until it was the right letter, and he would blink, and then get a word finally put together, and then a sentence put together, and then a paragraph put together. You can imagine how, what a labor of love, just him helping him do this. But the story was called uh, The Dragon, excuse me, it was called... I wrote it down, The Diving Bell and the Butterfly. And uh, it ended up getting made into a film in 2009. And uh, so uh, this uh, John Tyson saw the film, heard the story. I mean, it's a tragic story. But he said he was walking after he saw the film outside in his neighborhood in New York City, was walking and he just started looking at his hands and feet and just how everything functioned and moved. And he was thankful to the Lord and just saying, Lord, thank you that you, I just, I'm just thankful today. But then he also started thinking about the body of Christ. He said, I wonder how much of the body is fully functioning during this time. You know, when you think about the vision that Jesus has for how the body could move, and we think about how, how the body is actually moving, oh Lord, would you just empower us and enliven us? Would you, what would happen in the body of Christ if we were fully alive and functional what would happen if the vision of Jesus could be fully realized? Honoring one another, hospitality, serving, loving enemies, celebrating God's goodness together, and using our imagination to actually think about and dream about and hope about that happening. That's what, I really think that's kind of the end here. That's what God's calling us to as we grow up together is to have a vision of, of seeing us, the together us, living out this vision of being the body of Christ, functioning under the headship where every part of the body is working. God's dream is for us. Jesus' dream is for us and his people to grow up together. Amen. So stand up if you would. Ministry team, worship team, come on up. And just, I think there's a couple things that I wanna ask us to pray in and pray about and to receive ministry about. And I said it earlier, but man, I just think right now in this time, uh, we need hope. We need hope 
that it's getting better, that there's a way forward for us as the church, that even though there's pressure from without, pressure from the powers, pressure to, to, to divide and cause disunity, God wants us to use our imagination to see the hopeful future that he has for us, to see the way forward together. And there is victory for us in humility, victory in gentleness, victory in patience, victory in bearing with one another in love until we all reach the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God and grow up into full stature looking like Jesus. So I know there's a bunch of touch points there and I just wanna encourage you, let's respond to the Lord. So if there's something that highlight, the Lord has highlighted in the reading of the word or in the preaching of the word, then man, let's, let's, I wanna grow. I don't wanna be, I don't wanna be the same. And I don't want us to be the same as the church, but to grow. So, and again, as always, you guys, if you need to receive the Lord or start a new journey or just get a fresh start, come and pray with somebody. And if you're going through something where you'd like, man, it would be better if I got some, I need some prayer about this. Please don't leave without a big prayer need. Just let's, let's press into the Lord. We've got time. Lord, we love you. Lord, would you meet us here today? Would you help us grow up together to live in unity, to grow to maturity, to everything just framed in love for us as your people, to wake up as the church, to wake up as the church, to be alive to you and your purpose for us. In the name of Jesus, amen. Okay, so just go ahead and come, feel free. Stir up hope, God. Bring hope to the hopeless. Encouragement, Lord, to those who are discouraged. Thank you, Lord. Meet us here today.